Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right, everybody, welcome. I have got a treat and a legend for you. And uh, all I could say is is that he actually, <laughs> he kind of signed himself up because he started talking to me. He's like, hey, you know, you got a lot, you know, you're doing some officers. I see you got a little bit of 275 focus, but when are you going to have a sustainer on? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I got the five generations. I got to navigate the officer and the enlisted, but you're right. Like there's other parts of the regiment, especially as we start to get into the modern days, definitely some legends that I need to kind of pull into the loop. So I'm like, you know what? It's it's a, like the typical like private thing. I totally pulled like a private thing on him. I'm like, I need a volunteer. And the first guy that like looks at you, that's the dude you pick. So that's exactly what I did. But, uh, you know, Will Richards, Sergeant Major retired Will Richards. Uh, and I actually did uh, serve for a little bit up in uh, 275. It wasn't uh, wasn't too long. Most of it, I was uh, actually in the NCUIC cell up in S3. Unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of overlap as a first aren't. Uh, but, you know, just a, a little bit about him. So he, you know, originally originates in 375, where he spent most of his time actually there. Uh, he was also, he uh, parachuted into Afghanistan immediately following uh, September 11th. And then he was in Echo Company 275. Real quick question, Will. You had yeah. stood up Echo Company, right? Yeah. So when I uh, when I got there, I was uh, it was me, the, the first sergeant at the time. And I, I think there may have been a company XO. Uh, yeah. And, and that was it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So definitely, uh, you know, was uh, integral in that part. And we will dive into it as we kind of get into the episode. Then went on to be the first sergeant of Echo Company up at 275 and then HHC of 75th. And in Fort Benning, and then eventually the S4 NCUIC of the 75th, uh, prior to going to uh, 4th Infantry Division, Fort Carson, Sar Major Academy, obviously somewhere in there, and then a G4 Sar Major, and eventually finishing uh, in 181, sorry, Multifunctional Training Brigade up in Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, he's definitely got a long career. And uh, a lot of stories to tell and a lot of things to talk about in his time of the 75th. And when I first actually, he was one of the very first people that reached out when I said, hey, I'm standing this up. Uh, I started, you know, putting stuff on social media and everything else. Like, one, this is a great idea. Two, here's some individuals that you should think of. Um, and I think he was probably a little bit surprised when I said, cool, well, you're one of the guys. And I've actually had a couple of people that have reached out to me. Uh, shout out to one of them that I remember, Jesse Vasquez. He reached out and he said, uh, hey, you need to have Will on. So 
Well, yeah. well I appreciate great it. to see you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I certainly, uh, you know, when I was talking, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, Clay Usies yeah. and, and, you know, some of those folks, uh, you know, Mark Morgan. Uh, I, but I, I am certainly honored uh, and, and humbled that you would uh, consider me for this. So thank you. It's, uh, yeah, it's absolutely. Cool. Well, spoiler alert, we are definitely going to sit down with Clay and Mark Morgan. Uh, him and I ironed out the dates while I was over there in Germany. Uh, so nice. he will be on as well. So everybody listening, you can look forward to those absolutely legendary SAR majors coming on uh, the podcast as well. Well, Will, um, I know you've had an amazing two years you know, since retirement. But I'm going to ask you to go back to like way in the way, way, way back machine. So, yep. you know, we want to tie that bridge. We want to talk about like, you know, growing up in the 75th, that brotherhood, what it meant and everything else um, to benefit, you know, people that you know served in the 75th, currently serving in the 75th, or maybe looking even at going into the 75th. And we want to kind of tie all those people together, you know, once a ranger, always a ranger as it kind of goes. So if we can go back in the way back machine, you know, why did you want to be a ranger? So, uh, I don't, you know, if you go way back, uh, back when I enlisted, there was, you know, recruiters, they weren't offering option 40 contracts. They weren't, you know, discussing, you know, Hey, you can join the Ranger regiment. Here's what a Ranger is. Uh, I, you know, I literally woke up one morning, uh, decided I didn't want to go to college anymore. Uh, I, I couldn't sit through another day of classes. Uh, I needed to do something different. I grew up in a very small town in upstate New York. There were 96 people in my graduating class and there wasn't, I knew if I didn't do something different, uh, I probably would end up staying in that little town uh, and never leaving. So uh, instead of going to class that day, I walked down to the recruiter. Um, and at that point, uh, you know, I, I think at probably about 15 years old, I started working uh, in a restaurant across the street, uh, doing dishes, uh, worked my way up to just about almost running the kitchen there. Um, and when the recruiter said, hey, what do you want to do? You know, you've got an ASVAP score, you can do whatever you want. What do you want to do? You know, you're 18 years old, you have no idea what you want to do with your life. All you know is what you're doing at the time. I said, oh, do you do you have cooks? And uh, he kind of laughed at me and, you know, now I know why, uh, but he, uh, <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Cause it was something I was familiar with. Um, I think about my first day of AIT was uh, the day uh, where I realized I probably made the wrong choice. Mm. At that point I, I had to make a decision to try to find something else to do. And, you know, when you're that new reclassing is not an option. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe I can, you know, let me look at airborne school. Uh, so I, I did that, uh, went to airborne, pretty good. Uh, and my first assignment was actually to Germany. Um, and then uh, the Ranger uh, recruiters came down, uh, the recruiters from RIP came down uh, and gave their class uh, at airborne school. And I thought, this is awesome. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, I knew right away. So I, I think I talked one of my, uh, one of my roommates into doing it with me. Uh, and we, you know, we graduated from airborne school. Uh, the RIP instructors came down, we threw our stuff into the back of a stake bed and ran up to, uh, ran up to the RIP barracks. And it was, uh, it was on from there. Uh, so, but it was, it was by far, um, I would say those were by far the best choices, uh, that I, that I made in my military career. Um, and they were, you know, also just by happenstance. Uh, so it, it worked out the way, it, uh, the way it should have, uh, and it worked out for the better. So did you like when you were going through, you know, basic and everything else and like volunteering for airborne school, you know, in that population, you know, did people kind of look at you 
like differently, like, holy crap, like this guy's going to go jump out of planes. I mean, cause it even happens even for the combat arms, you know, like people yeah. are like, I would never do something like that. Like, why would you want to yeah. go do something yeah. stupid like that? But I imagine it's probably a little bit worse. Yeah. You, you know, you, when you're in a, when you're in a, a, a big bay at night full of other cooks uh, and you tell them, Oh, I just volunteered to go to airborne school. I'm going to jump out of airplane. You, you certainly get some looks uh, and you get some, ah, I don't think I could do that. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, I think that a lot of people probably, uh, you know, not cut out for that, but I think, um, you know, you can do a lot more than you think you can do, uh, yeah. you know, most times you, you really can, you know, you may, you know, jumping out of an airplane may, you may think that's the scariest thing in the world, but until you stand in the door of a C-130 and you're looking out and it's just you in that open air, you know, there's not a better feeling. Uh, right. You know, there is not a better feeling. It's it's just it's a blast. Uh, exiting that aircraft is an absolute blast. So, uh, yeah, definitely got some weird looks though. I would say the only thing that's better than you know right before jumping is is being a jump master and getting to hang out the aircraft. You know, yeah. for three minutes like yeah. that. Don't man, I would give it. Days. Yeah, I if I I would give anything just to be able to do that. Like right now, like yeah. I just oh, yeah. I loved that feeling yeah. and like you know the control and just you know knowing you know what it yeah. all means. Like it's just an amazing feeling, yeah, especially absolutely. up at, especially up in Washington State and some of the like uh, Point you. Salinas drop phone. Oh, Rogers Rogers drop zone. Yeah. You know, and going around the Mountaineer, you know the, mm-hmm. the the valley. You know, yep. and you got Mount Rainier in the distance. Like, yeah. oh man, Oh my leave. Yeah. And you catch, you know, you catch some of those late afternoon jumps where the sun's going down. Oh yeah. You know, and it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. You, you can't beat it. Yeah. Uh, I, I love jump master and was probably, you know, some of my favorite days on the job for sure. This was an excerpt of the legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.